Hello, I'm Luca De Giglio, and this is the Web3 in Travel podcast, where you can learn about crypto, blockchain, and how the new internet will change travel. Okay, episode number 20. Uh, a quick uh, comment on how the podcast is doing. And I have to say, I'm, I'm very grateful for the people who follow me. Um, I'm getting mostly private feedback, uh, very positive. Numbers are about, I don't know, I have like maybe 100 followers now in, uh, in Spotify. And then, you know, the way podcasts work is that you don't really know exactly, or at least I haven't, I'm not such an expert. I don't, I don't have a one place which tells me exactly how many people follow every platform which picks up the podcast has their own statistics and I don't aggregate them. But there's a few people listening and that's enough for me. I know that when I'm talking into this microphone in front of the screen, uh, somebody will listen and that's enough. And what's even more important is that those who listen or some of those who listen really appreciate it. So I think this podcast is, is doing well and is bringing value. So... Yeah, I'm also surprised I, I was able not to skip any week apart the, the week of the start of the war in Ukraine. And so the general feeling is that what I'm doing here is, uh, is useful. So I'm, I'm happy about this. So thank you for, for being here with me. Okay, today I want to talk about something juicy, airdrops. Uh, I've talked about this before several times, I guess. But I really like this subject because it's one of those things which people will say, yeah, this, this is just too good to be true. It cannot really work. It's all about you know, speculation. What, what is this? It's, it's so counterintuitive on one side. And at the same time, it's so logically clean. It does make perfect sense. It makes economical sense. And so you have this huge gap between the, the first reaction to airdrops from people outside of this space and what airdrops really are and the fact that in a few years there will be one very useful and common tool for marketing and not only marketing. Let's start with the definition of airdrops in this podcast. By airdrops here, I mean some project slash startup slash company announcing that some addresses, which means some people, can claim their tokens. So they say, go and check your address in our website and see if you have the right to claim our tokens. So you go on their website, you insert your address, and I'm meaning here Ethereum address, and you will see, no, you don't have any rights to this airdrop, or yes, you can claim 100 tokens or whatever. If you have the right to do it, you pay some gas to initiate a transaction, and you get their tokens. And once you get their tokens, usually you're able to sell them, or to keep them, and then you start wondering what's the best thing to do. At the end of the day, an airdrop is free money or almost free money. If it's on the Ethereum network, as most often is up to this point, 
it's almost free money because you have to pay for gas. So sometimes you get these $100 airdrops and you have to spend $50 or $30 in the claiming fee. So the gas fee, which doesn't go to the project, goes to the Ethereum network. And then to sell them, you have to pay $50 more. So it's not worth it. So I got full of airdrops. I never claimed because I would have spent more ETH than the actual value of the airdrop itself. Now, this is the default definition of airdrops. There are also other airdrops in which you simply get them in your wallet. So they send them to you. This is more rare, especially on the Ethereum network, because it would cost them a lot of gas. And also it can be perceived as spam. So the serious airdrop usually tell you, well, look, you have the right to do that, get them, but we won't force you to have them. So the airdrop is a project giving you parts of their tokens to make you part of the project. Because once you have the tokens, you have ownership in the project and you have often governance, right? So you can use the tokens to vote. And a project where nobody has tokens or most tokens are in the hands of the founders has less value than a project where more people have tokens. Now, it is very important for the project that these tokens are in the hands of a certain kind of people. Usually, people who have some chance to actually then use their product. So when they airdrop these tokens to you, they are also signaling, hey, why don't you use my protocol? So they are basically paying you too to grab your attention. And we know very well that on the internet, the attention is the real value, is the real scarce asset. To simplify, they're saying, hey, look, there's $1,000 here for you. Please try my product which may seem insane, but at the same time, what do we do in Web2? Or what do we do in the like normal economy? Well, you get some budget for marketing and you start paying advertisement. Maybe you pay Super Bowl ads, maybe you pay Google ads, maybe you pay Facebook, whatever. You pay marketing and marketing does what? It shows your product to people trying to make them you know, buy it or use it. There is a marketing budget and it's paid to companies which, especially in the internet, have captured the attention. So you are paying for the attention. You're kind of renting for a while the attention of those users whose attention is being captured by these companies. So Google and Facebook work a lot to give free products out to capture attention and they sell this attention to people who want to buy it. Now, what happened with uh, airdrops in Web3 is that if you are a project and want to capture, you want to have the attention of some of your potential users, Facebook and Google are pretty useless. They don't, often they don't even allow crypto ads, especially Facebook has been famously denying crypto-related companies to make any kind of advertisement. Plus, they don't seem to have, or at least they don't sell this kind of granular profilation of the users. They don't know who is using Uniswap, or they don't tell you who is using Uniswap so that you can target them and say, look, I built something better than Uniswap, why don't you use it? So you won't see this kind of advertisement in Facebook or Google because there seemed to be no way to get their help on this. So what do you do if you have a protocol or a project in this, in this space? Well, you airdrop tokens. 
you say, okay, we have a million dollars worth of marketing to use. Instead of paying some company or agency to advertise it, why don't we simply send the tokens to those people, to our potential targets? And where do we put the million dollars? Because it doesn't cost money to create tokens out of nothing and to let people claim them. Where do you put this money? Well, you put it in a pool. You create a pool with your token and maybe some ETH or maybe some stablecoin, and that makes those tokens exchangeable, tradable, swappable for ETH. So let's say you have a token and you want to airdrop it. You first build a pool in, in a DEX, so in Uniswap or others, and you put a certain amount of your tokens and a certain amount of ETH. And that's your money. It's your marketing money, the ETH. And then you airdrop the token and people who claim it can go on this pool and sell it for ETH. Why other people who look at your project or have been looking at your project for a long time, they say, okay, I think this token is going to go higher, as it usually does after a, an airdrop, and they're going to buy your tokens in this pool. So you, if successful, you created a market for your token very, very quickly. Now, if the market reacts positively to your drop, the money you put in the pool is still there and actually is even more because every time somebody buys your token, your pool is going to grow. So you won't even spend any money. So you put your marketing money in a risky situation because if everybody sells your token, your eat is going to go away. But it can go the other way too and often does that actually your market grows 10 times. So you basically cost you nothing. And in the process of airdropping those tokens, you have attained your objective of drawing eyeballs to your project. So you now have people who know about your project and hopefully they're going to use it. Okay? This is one thing. Plus you have distributed your token and your governance, right? So people now can vote on the proposals and people who keep your token have a vested interest in seeing your project succeed. So you maybe even have created an army of evangelists who now want your token go, to go up in price, which means want your product to be successful and will talk positively about your product. And maybe it didn't even cost you anything. So you see how this compared to the usual pay Facebook or Google for eyeballs strategy has some interesting aspects. And for Web3 companies, this tends to be just a better way to do things in general. It can go completely wrong. You urge up your token. People don't believe in it. They're going to exchange it quickly for it. Your token price goes to zero and you lose your pool. So that's your risk. So if you consider that spending your money in advertisement is already a guaranteed loss in terms of that money, so that money is actually spent and it's not going to go away, and there's no guarantee that actually when you reach those people, they are going to use your product, you can see, again, how airdrops can be very interesting, and you can see how they can be sustainable and how they make sense. And this is one of the miracles of Web3, and by miracle, I mean it seems too good to be true. Free money dropped on you makes perfect sense. Why? Because this is money which doesn't go to Facebook and Google. So it goes to you directly. 
Now, if you tell a friend who's not in Web3 and tell him, I got $5,000 free tokens today, they're going to think immediately, where is the catch? Where is the scam? This doesn't make sense, etc., etc. It is really counterintuitive. You cannot really complain about the reaction. This is the reaction everybody will do. And it's actually unhealthy reaction because you need to be skeptic, especially in crypto. You have to be skeptic because if you're not, you're going to fall for a lot of scams. Still, it does make sense. Airdrops have started in September 2020. I mean, the real airdrop season has started in September 2020 with Uniswap. We had seen airdrops before, famously the land airdrop, which later became Aave, and Aave is one of the most successful DeFi protocols out there. They just launched version three. I mean, these people are becoming, these projects are becoming the next banks. So in a way, you can say that the next, you know, the big banks of the future started with airdrops. This is getting more serious and legit by the day. So why many people are doing the mistake of dismissing airdrops because they look too good to be true, or even worse, dismiss the whole Web3 space because parts of it look too good to be true. Well, the, the explanation is very simple. We have removed an intermediary, in this case, Facebook and Google, and the money goes directly to the users. It's not that hard, and it does make sense. Now, I like to call this Web Marketing 3.0 because, as you might guess, this is just a part of a whole new way to approach things in which you can market your stuff directly to users. And yes, we are very early on this, and we are extremely early in travel. Very few companies have done any kind of airdrop in travel yet. And no sizable airdrop has been done yet in travel. And by sizable, I mean thousands of dollars. Um, Some airdrops, many airdrops, have dropped literally thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars per user. Now, because it's really early in travel, it means that it is a really good time to position yourself. And now let me explain you what positioning means. And I'm going to answer to this question by explaining how does a project choose which addresses to airdrop to. So as I was saying, not every address on the internet, not every Ethereum address on the internet can get an airdrop. They are selected. And they are selected by the same project which does the airdrop. How do they select them? Well, they make a profilation of addresses on the Ethereum network. Or, since now we are in a multi-chain world, on the addresses of that chain. So the Phantom, the BSC, uh, Terra, and whatever. So they look at the blockchain, which you know is transparent. Every single transaction since the beginning is there recorded. And they look at addresses. They don't look at people. There's no people. There's no names. They look at addresses and they say, okay, our product is a new DEX, a new decentralized exchange. So let's see every address which has interacted with decentralized exchanges and say, okay, any address which has interacted with Uniswap and moved at least $1,000, 
can claim the airdrop. And they could say every address gets 100 token or is proportional to the volume they did in Uniswap. So we're going to give more tokens to the power users or any other formula which makes sense to them. And that's the easy and simple example. But it, it got in time, it got much more sophisticated. Some airdrops said, okay, let's give our tokens to anyone who interacted with each or each one of these protocols or at least one of those protocols or any other model. Basically, they try to say who are our best potential customers here. Now, let's go in travel. Let's say you're going to launch a booking platform on, on Web3 and you want to reach your potential customers. So first of all, you're going to try to see anybody who maybe has interacted with travel-related protocols, maybe anybody who has tokens in their wallet with travel-related tokens, or maybe people who have travel-related NFTs. You're going to try to build a profile of your best potential customer and then airdrop them. If you are a user, what would you do today to be a potential recipient for those airdrops? Well, you will try to interact with anything travel-related today. So any travel-related protocol, you use it. Any travel-related token, you're going to buy it. Every travel-related NFT, you're going to buy it. And this is the positioning phase, right? And then you wait, and then one day, maybe a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, you're going to start getting those airdrops. How are airdrops going to be in the travel industry? Are they going to be tokens? Probably yes. Are they going to be NFTs? I guess so. Are they going to be freebies, free nights, free breakfasts, free travels? Probably. We don't really know. A word of advice here. I have just suggested you to position yourself in airdrop for travel-related projects. But do not do pure airdrop hunting. Or you can do it, but understand the risks. Because the way projects decide who to airdrop is evolving, and they try to avoid the hunters. People who just do it because they want the airdrops, and then they don't really care about the project and probably will sell their token. because. As I was saying at the beginning, if the people you airdrop to sell your token, they are basically destroying your project. The negative signal there is just too strong. So as time passes by, airdrops become more and more sophisticated, and the real ROI, the return on investment, is when you give your token to the right people. It's really hard to do, but the first thing you're going to try to do is to avoid the hunters. So I'm sure there are super successful hunters out there who make a lot of money. But again, it's like a trading. Careful. It looks easy. It is not. If you do it, do it professionally. Safer way to do this, in my opinion, is simply to want to learn. You want to be in this space. You want to be part of the travel web tree space before it's actually mainstream. And so you want to learn anything which is going on. So every time there's a new Web3 travel project, you're going to use it because you want to understand, you want to learn. Also, because if you understand it, you know if it's worth buying their tokens or not. 
So if you make this as a learning journey into a nascent industry, you will get airdrops as a bonus, where the real value is what you learn. And then you get extra money just because you wanted to learn. So many people call airdrops pay to learn. And anything in Web3 gives you real value when you go, uh, you go deep enough into the specific projects you like. Many people stay on the surface and they don't really grasp most of the opportunity out there. So my suggestion is make this a learning opportunity. And yes, if you find a project which you think is going to airdrop and is a very good project, yeah, you can maybe do it from several wallets. So instead of interacting with this project from one wallet, you can interact from five wallets. And if you get your airdrop, you're going to get five times the airdrop. It happened. Now, careful with this too, as technologies of civil resistance improve, this is going to be harder and harder. What is civil resistance? Civil resistance is, I want to give my airdrop to one person, one airdrop per person. I don't want to give two airdrops per person. So I'm going to give the airdrop only to wallets which are certified unique. And there are new ways coming out. There are several protocols trying to solve this problem. We are not there yet. So you can still have several airdrops for yourself, but we get in there. So you, if you're investing a lot of time and money on the Ethereum network to get many tokens for one protocol, maybe by the time the airdrop, you're going to get only one or zero because you've been flagged as a serial you know, airdrop hunter. Learn and you will be given. That's all. There's a um, different kind of airdrops out there, which is the do some work for me and I will give you some tokens. Like retweet this and you will be airdrop. Retweet this, share your address and you will be airdrop or things on this, this level. Now, I personally don't do them because the effort they require rarely is worth the money you get. You are basically simply being paid for sharing something on a social network. And you can understand how there are people around the world who are ready to do this for probably much less money than you are. And most of them, they don't give tokens to all the people who share, but they say, we're going to draw three of them or the three first to do this or whatever. So you're competing with people who are happy to do this for very, very little money. And on the other hand, you can get an airdrop for $10,000 for doing nothing just but for using a protocol and learning about it. I completely ignore any kind of airdrop like this. And I say this because they are airdrops too, or they are cold airdrops too. Another kind of airdrop I completely ignore is those who say, we will do an airdrop, prepare yourself, uh, buy your by the token, use our platform, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These are rarely interesting because if they announce it and people start doing it, imagine how people, how many people do it, a lot. So how much can you get? Probably little. The most interesting ones again are those who, out of the blue, go like, "Okay, reverse airdrop." I haven't said this term yet. It's reverse airdrops, which are interesting. They look at the past and they airdrop people based on what they did in the past without pre-announcing it. 
And I think it's worth concentrating on the reverse airdrops because some of them are almost guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed in life. Nothing is guaranteed in Web3, but some of them are really, really, uh, the, the probability is really high. So for instance, the airdrops of layer twos, like Arbitrium of Optimism, they seem like a given. It's hard to see a situation in which they say, no, we're not going to drop a token. Because projects which say that they want to go toward a big decentralization, they have to share, they have to distribute their tokens in the fairest way possible. So you get an Ethereum layer to protocol like Arbitrium, how are they going to do this? They're going to airdrop tokens. We don't know how, we don't know to whom. Maybe they're not going to even airdrop tokens to people who used the Layer 2 before, but they will airdrop them. So one of the most uh, expected airdrop season is the Layer 2 airdrop season. So Arbitrium, Optimism, uh, ZK Sync, and all the others, there, there's many of them. What I'm doing is, okay, layer two is interesting. I think this is something which is going to become very big in the future. I'm moving my money over there. I'm moving my ETH and I'm starting using protocols on those layer twos. For instance, we have uh, Uniswap, which works on our Bitrium too. Why use it on Ethereum? If there's enough liquidity, it's better use them on, um, on uh, our Bitrium. Like SushiSwap, I'm doing some farming over there. Uh, the gas fees are much cheaper. Why do it on Ethereum? Everything is going to move away from the layer one anyway, right? As I'm doing this, as I'm learning those layer twos, I am at the same time positioning myself for a nice airdrop from one of these layer twos. Even if they don't, well, I've learned something. I was there before. I saw these protocols. I understood because it gave me the chance to read more about them, listen more podcasts about them. So I learned. And this is valuable in itself. Now, if an airdrop comes, nice, perfect, great. But even if it doesn't come, I haven't wasted my time. Time is a very scarce resource. If I do airdrop hunting, I don't care anything about these protocols, and the, 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 the airdrop does not happen, well, that's a deception. That I, I wasted my time and my money. So this is why I insist on this. It is much better to make this a learning journey, and sometimes somebody pays you for it. Think about it this way. These projects are looking for organic users, and you are an organic user. So the match making happens. While if those people, this project are looking for organic user, and you are a hairdrop hunter, well, there's some gap there. And you probably, you, you risk to be in that gap and, and not to make any money at all. So what to do when there's an airdrop? This is the biggest question. The minute you claim your tokens, you look at the price and you wonder, shall I sell or shall I keep? There's no clear answer. You never know. Usually when you sell, it goes higher. And when you don't sell, it drops. At least this is the feeling. This is what you kind of remember about it. It's not like this, but it's kind of the way we, we tend to remember because we, we, we always hope to sell at the top, which is impossible. Now, uh, what is expected from a serious airdrop usually is that at the moment they are airdrop, 
the price tends to go up two times, three times, four times, whatever. And then as it goes up, some new people come in and say, wow, this thing is going to be big and they buy more and it keeps going up. And then people start taking profit and it goes down. And most of the times, but I don't want to give you any statistics here, they they stop at a higher level than, than where they start. So to give you numbers, they start at $3, they can go up to $10, $15, and then they go down slowly to $5. This is in the short term, in the week after the airdrop. But you know what? I'm sure that future airdrops are going to look at this. And if your address is one which sells immediately after the airdrop, they won't give you anything. I'm sure they're going to do this. And probably they have done it. I'm not that... Uh, I don't really follow so closely. So by not selling, you become a, a, an airdrop diamond hand. The ones who don't sell, let's airdrop to them. I'm pretty sure this is one of the parameters they're going to look into it. So maybe you haven't sold at the top and maybe it went down, but you are one of those addresses which do not sell. Also, most of the airdrops right after you claim, they give you the chance to stake those tokens. Say, okay, don't sell it, put it in staking, and you will earn some more tokens. So they try to incentivize you not to sell. Because again, from the airdropper point of view, if people sell, it's bad. If people buy, it's good. If people hold, it's good. In general, when you see as always in, in, in trading and in markets, when you see too much exuberance and everybody saying this is the big, the next big thing, this token is going 10 times higher than now, maybe it's a good time to sell because you know it always crashes after too much exuberance. But sometimes you sell, you sell at the top, maybe you know, it came out at $3, it went to 10, you sold at 10, you're very happy and a year later it's at 100. You never, never know. So if your approach, and this is my approach now, I don't have time for these things. I, there's so many airdrops and so many things to do in this industry. I don't want to trade my airdrops. So what I normally do, I just hold them. And if I can stake, I stake them. What I'm doing, again, it's not financial advice here, but this is my approach. I am trying to capture parts of this new continent, my little land. So each of these digital assets is a piece of land for me in this new continent. And I want to have as much as I can, because in the long term, the whole continent is going to be much, much more valuable. Yes, some of those tokens will be worth nothing. Still, you know, I believe into this signal. This guy, this address doesn't sell. Let's airdrop more. And it removes for me all the work all the effort in trying to time these markets. But this is me. This is because I think there's more value in doing, you know, in spending my time in learning and doing other things rather than trading airdrops. And if you trade airdrops, maybe you can make much more money than I will ever make, right? So by holding them, you know that you are losing the chance to sell at the top. You're losing the chance to sell worthless tokens. You're losing many chances and you're betting on the long term. Uh, you can make, in the short term, you can make much more money by actually trading this, these airdrops and, and doing things and spending your time on, on these markets. This is just my choice. I don't have time for this. I'm not good at this. I'm too, 
emotional. I'm too much of an optimist. So this is me. You have to make your own choices here. I can suggest you a website which um, kind of gives you real airdrops based on work and actually based on learning. And it's called Rabbit Hole, where you will find tasks. So they say, okay, do this thing and you will get so many tokens, right? And you do them, you get the tokens. And this actually is worth it because those tokens are given by the project themselves because they want people to actually use the, the protocol. So this is pretty legit. And for instance, I, I bought an extra ENS domain to do their tasks and, the subs- and I got, I don't know, a little bit of it back for paying the gas of buying this ETH domain. But then the airdrop from the uh, ENS domain airdrop was worth, at the point, it was worth maybe $15,000. So Rabbitall is a good place to start if you don't know really where to start because it kind of guarantees you a little bit money back. Sometimes it's just part of the gas you spent. Sometimes it's more. I stopped using it because um, for a couple of them, they didn't pay me back. So it's not perfect. It was really early and it's probably much better right now. Uh, again, I'm not trying to myself hunt too many airdrops. I, I'm more interested in learning specific things I want to learn about. But you know, for you, if you're starting, Rabbit Hole is a great place to start from. In general, the market conditions are very important. Um, so if you are in a bull market, any airdrop is interesting. Any airdrop goes high very quickly. It can be worth a lot of money. I've seen airdrops going to $5,000 and I didn't sell them. and They went down to now they're worth $100. Welcome to crypto. And that was during the, the bull market. So I should have probably sold at $5,000. In a non-bull market, I don't even know what market we are right now, things are different. So I haven't seen big airdrops lately. Um, But again, uh, bear markets, if we are in a bear market, are the best moment to actually do some work and not not get distracted so much. So go ahead. This is the good moment to to do things in the Web3 travel industry. And sooner or later, I do a podcast in which I present projects that are popping up everywhere. Some should be avoided. Some are interesting. So maybe we can start now, this year, I'm sure we can start using protocols in Web3 travel, which later we generate airdrops. So this is all for airdrops. To sum it up, as a user, try to make your uh, a learning journey, use as many travel-related protocols and own as many tokens, travel-related tokens and NFTs as possible. And then, you know, just learn on the way and something nice will happen sooner or later. As a project slash company, start now looking at ways to profilate existing data on blockchains, create lists of addresses you could airdrop to, and then launch a first airdrop, um, create your token, create a pool, launch an airdrop, even a small one maybe, see what it brings in. That, of course, if you have something which can be done, if you are actually, after you airdrop your token, you have people who can use some of your uh, software. It doesn't need to be, you know, Web3 completely decentralized. It can be a Web2 company with maybe login with MetaMask, whatever. Your aim here is to start attracting these people because right now it's still really easy. There's no 
big competition in the travel industry. And again, it's another learning journey. You do a first small airdrop, maybe it can be an NFT airdrop, maybe it can be some free stuff. It doesn't have to be the big token airdrop. And, you know, again, start your journey too on this side and be ready for when this goes mainstream in travel too. As we may be years away or we may be not too long away. So it's, again, a very good moment to start doing things learning by doing and positioning yourself as a company too. All right, this is the end of today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. For more insights on Web3, follow me on Twitter at TripLuca, T-R-I-P-L-U-C-A, and see you next time.